through 25 seasons. Hey! 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. For four decades, she has reigned as one of America's most famous sex symbols. That killer body and mane of auburn hair made her a worldwide sensation. But despite being a household name, Raquel Welch has rarely spoken about her life off screen. Now at 69, Raquel is opening up in a deeply personal memoir. But before we get started, let's take a little peek back at this one-of-a-kind career. The year was 1966 when a 26-year-old Raquel Welch appeared in a doe-skin bikini for the movie One Million B.C. Almost instantly, the mother of two became one of the world's sexiest women and began a remarkable 40-year career. She has starred in more than 30 movies and dozens of television shows. Along the way, Raquel Welch landed on the cover of Time and acted with some of Hollywood's most legendary leading men, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Elvis. She starred on Broadway and even won a Golden Globe for her role in the film The Three Musketeers. Off-screen, with more than half a billion dollars in sales, Raquel's signature wig line has proven she has got a head for business, too. Recently, she made the list of GQ magazine's 25 sexiest women in film of all time. They said, back when women had bodies, Welch was the body. All I gotta say is, if this is what 69 looks like, bring it on. Welcome, Raquel Welch. the question, do you feel as good as you look? Uh, <laughs> uh, rarely. Rarely. <laughs> yeah. There I have my mornings when I really like myself, but 90% of the time it's, oh my God. Really? Oh yeah. But, but how was this morning? Uh, oh my God. I mean, it was just disastrous. 3.30. Okay? Uh-huh. Because one of the reasons that I look so good is because it takes me three hours to get ready. <laughs> I mean, for my game face, right? For your game face. Yeah, yes, for my I love what appearance. you say in the book about you got to decide when you're getting older, whether you're going to get in the game or whether you're going to sit on the sidelines. 
and just watch everybody else, whether you're gonna get in the yeah. game, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, people just sort of check out because they say, oh, I can't, I can't deal with it, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's over for me because they believe in the propaganda, right? Right, the propaganda. Uh, yeah, the, the thing And there's a world of propaganda. Yeah. Saying yeah. that when you turn 40 and certainly by 50, it's over for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. But you say you oh. wrote this book because you wanted to finally be heard. And actually, I think the title uh, speaks for itself. Beyond the Cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond the Cleavage. Yes. I was interested to read that you were somewhat of a reluctant sex symbol. Oh, yes. I had no idea that that was the path that I was going to be going in um, when I started my career, because I wanted to be an actress. But when I came to Hollywood, it was just, you know, I was actually the mother of two small children already. And I wanted to be taken seriously. I didn't know that until I read this book. Yeah. I did not know that you that when you were in that movie wearing that bikini, that yeah. little thing, that you were the mother of two children. And I think <laughs> the powers that were at the time didn't want us to know that because that would ruin the whole sexy image thing, right? Um, you know, it, it wasn't common knowledge. It was not something that I paraded around a lot because when I first came to Hollywood, it was really clear that no actresses really had children. Right. And uh, I had my first baby when I was 19. 19, because you married your high school sweetheart. Yeah, yes. all of that. And so I, I didn't really know which path my career would take, Oprah. And, and then when it turned out that they really liked me because of the body and because of this, you know, sultriness and all of that. Well, I let's just... talk about what was going on at the time, because you, you speak briefly about this and beyond the cleavage you're talking about. At the time, everybody was, you know, gaga over Marilyn Monroe and that yeah. whole Marilyn blonde image. Yes, exactly. That yes. was right before me, yeah. Yes, before you. Yeah. And then you came along. At the time, people were like, eh. Not blonde enough, right? Well, when I tried to do some modeling when I first came to L.A. and needed just to get a job, not even yes. break in yet, yeah, they thought I was, they hated my body. Everything was wrong, too much here, too much here, too little here. It was, you know. Can you imagine? Yeah, really. I... <laughs> the guy that turned down Raquel Welch is now, you know, in an institution somewhere. But from page 23 of your book, you write, several million copies of that image were circulated throughout the planet. And by that, we mean that doe skin bikini struck a chord. I became every male's fantasy from that film. Yeah. So what did that feel like, being every man's fantasy? Well, part of it was really flattering and fun. I was going to say, okay. that's got to you know, be fun. It was kind of really cool. And the other part was just really scary as hell. Really? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it was like. I mean, they're saying I'm that. Well, I can't, I can't live up to that. So what actually happened when that image started being circulated around the globe? Well, you know, for some reason, sex sells. Yes. I, you know that. Yes. And so then there's this sort of barrage of attention. You know, photographs and more photographs and, and, and just, you know, celebrating you for things that you really don't feel worthy of and it's not a representation of you. So you're happy about, I was happy that I got a break mm -hmm. so I could have my career. And, but at the same time, it was like, you know, this isn't me, but this is what I have to do because this is my ticket to ride. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in a position 
to just say, oh, no, wait a minute, you got it all wrong. I'd like to do Shakespeare. I'd like to do something really serious. Yeah, I love there's a point in the book, I can't remember the director you were speaking to, but you said you went to him and you said, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm thinking this about this film. Remember that no. moment? Oh, uh, yeah, it was Don Chaffee on One Million Years B.C., and I was trying to sort of make the most of it. Yes. You know, if it was just going to be, the, yeah. you know, me in the cave girl outfit, at least let me try to do my best. Mm -hmm. So I go to Don and I say, Don, I've been thinking, I've been looking at the, at the script, and I've been thinking. And he said, don't. Don't think. Don't. Yeah. And, and so he was just the first in a long line of directors and producers who didn't give a rat's ass what I thought. Really? No, they, you know. So did you feel powerful, or did you feel that you were also sort of being manipulated and controlled? I felt I was being manipulated, and things were moving without my consent, mm -hmm. but I was also trying to calculate, because I'm not stupid, mm -hmm. um, maybe this has a good side to it, yeah. and I better, you know, go with it and see where it leads me. Okay, can we have a really candid conversation? Because obviously you are uh, a sex and beauty icon in the world. Used to be. Yeah. No, still are, still are, mm -hmm. absolutely still are. I'm always, I'm always fascinated by extraordinarily beautiful women. What that does to your psyche when you walk into a room yeah. and the room stops because you enter. You know, I have a good personality, but the room doesn't stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so what does that do to your psyche? Do you feel that you are that person or you, or? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not that you feel that you are that person. I don't, anyway. No. I really do not, you, but... You didn't. No, I, I really didn't feel I was that person. But I was addicted to the kind of attention and reception uh -huh. that it got for me, the opportunities, the doors it opened. Yeah. So that part I, I became addicted to, and it pulled me away from my more serious artistic side, and I kind of just let the other go, to tell you the truth. Really? I did. I had to sort of, bye. To that you know, side. I'm doing this. I'm doing this because this is what people will pay. This is what people pay to see. Uh -huh. And I did a couple of very serious roles, honestly. Uh, uh, and, and nobody showed up. You know, they was like, who cares? Because we want to see you look like Raquel, be Raquel. Th that's yeah. it. You know, it's the old fashioned movie star thing. You know, no one wanted to see Marilyn Monroe do dishwater, you know, No, they us. want to see Marilyn Monroe look like Marilyn Monroe. That's they want to see you thing. look like Raquel Welch. But it's interesting because, you know, I've spoken to Beyonce a couple of times about this, and she has a, she said she becomes, and I think she does an album about Sasha Fierce. She becomes, that yeah. girl up on the stage yeah. is a performer, is an entertainer, yeah. is an artist, you know. Totally, and that's what, I, that's what I love about Beyonce, because when I see her when she's not performing, yes. and doing Put a Ring on it, you know, yeah. it's like, whoa, baby, that's hot. <laughs> and, um, and, and I see that she's just really a very humble, simple right. girl. She works hard. Right. And she's always saying, thank God I feel so lucky. You know, that uh -huh. humility uh -huh. Uh -huh. to me is, it really touches me. So were you afraid of getting older? Totally. I mean, to be an aging sex symbol is not exactly a big thing. Yeah, really? Oh, no, no, no. One of the things that you say in Beyond the Cleavage that I thought was really, you know, spot on, you say, old is the last remaining dirty word. That's right. For a woman. Totally, yeah. Yes, that old is the last remaining dirty word for a woman. 
What you actually say is that you can be called a hoe, you can be called a... Porno slut. A porno slut. You can be called everything. And none of that means anything anymore except if you're called old. If you're called old, you, you, you feel like it's over. It's over, yeah. yeah. Because I, I, I personally have found, uh, and I had to discover it, that as I got older and after 50 and after I you survived menopause, yeah. coming out the other side of it, I actually felt like, oh my God, this is a new time. This is like an awakening. I'm coming into the light. I get myself now. Oh, hello, Raquel. You're like that and like that, aren't you? Because when I started out in the business and when everybody starts out in life, you know, you're not mature. You're just trying things the best way you can. Now, you say on page 45 here, there's no question that the battle against aging truly begins in earnest at the crucial point of menopause. In retrospect, everything leading up to that moment seems like a cakewalk to me. <laughs> the expression change of life is an understatement. Until I hit 50, I was feeling pretty cocky. Then I hit a brick wall. I mean, I, I didn't know what happened to me. I was hit sidewise. Tell us what happened, what well, you felt like. you know, I didn't really realize what was going on. A, a, a lot of things happened. I used to find myself just down on the floor in a corner, crying my eyes out. And at the same time, I'm Because saying, you lost your keys, is what you said. And you'd be crying yeah, over losing I mean, your yeah, keys. Yeah, I mean, it was like... <laughs> Over nothing. I go, why, why am I crying? Uh -huh. I can't stop. I'm Had hysterical. anybody told you anything about it? Because this is what I think. Nobody talks about it because everybody is so afraid of it or so embarrassed about it. Nobody talks about it. So no, yeah. women are not prepared for it. I think that you're totally right there. I really do. Very little was said to me and, and, and other women. I think, you know, when you're in menopause, it's kind of a, you know, it's another one of those things. We don't like people to know we're in menopause. Yes. You know. Because it means your eggs are done. Your eggs are on. Yeah. Well, I, I... Your eggs are on crutches and they're walking out the door. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I like to say that they should call menopause men on pause. Men on pause. <laughs> yes. Yes. For other reasons. Yes. And, um, and I finally realized that, you know, Raquel, some people sort of slide right through this, but I think that when the body chemistry changes... Yes. And it kind of reveals some of the underlying problems that you've all, always had. Uh -huh. And I did have, you know, personal issues that I had never resolved. Well, that's, that's when they come home to roost. Well, I love that you're saying that this time in your life is about coming into the light because what I've learned is about menopause is about really, it, it is your physical body saying, let's get on with it. All the stuff you haven't cleaned up, yeah. all the stuff you haven't cleared up, all the stuff that you, you know, repressed. That's perfect way to You need to, put to clean it. that up so that you can move into yes. the light of yourself. Thank you. That's exactly right. That's what it's all about. It, it really, really is. And, and, and I really had to face myself. I felt like a lot of what I was doing with my career and with the different men in my life was really a kind of avoidance oh, of having in, in to your life. be, you know, on my own and just face to face with the real me. You know, a moment of silence sometimes is the most scary thing in the world. You know, you don't really want to open the door to your, you know, your heart, soul, and what's going on inside. And well, see, I'm the opposite. I love being with my thoughts and sitting with myself. And Well, I, I do now, but yeah. I had to get over that hump. Yeah, yeah. I'm the well, that, that, that's it, is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. I am sure if you are Raquel Welch 
And when you walk into the room, everybody stops what they're doing to turn and say, are those really our boobs? Uh, you know, they're looking for the cleavage, they're looking for the body, they're looking for, as you say in the book, you are every man's fantasy. When you've lived that your whole life, when you're now sitting at home alone, mm -hmm. what is there? Well, there's plenty. I have my children mm -hmm. and I, I, I do have a mind and, <laughs> and, I, and I have my emotions, my heart, my soul, and those things are still alive and well. I just had, had to unravel the things that, were, were, that hadn't, I hadn't been dealing with because I was just too busy, mm -hmm. too, too rushing, rushing, busy, busy. Well, coming up, she's been married four times, had a string of suitors, can you imagine? <clears throat> Miles long, but says sex is overrated. Raquel Welch says sex is overrated. It's true. So all the women watching tonight when your husband comes home say, Raquel Welch oh, says God. sex is overrated. <laughs> Raquel Welch has defined sexy for generations of men and women too. And in her book, Beyond the Cleavage, she mentions spending time, I love that phrase, you're so discreet. <laughs> Spending time with everyone from Dean Martin to Elvis to Burt Bacharach, you name it, Burt Reynolds, Bob Dylan also made the list. So what does spending time with mean? I, I sort of set a category about all the famous men I'd had, you know, spent time with while I was working and mm -hmm. getting friendly with them. And if you hang out, you're on location, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I made it a kind of like little multiple choice quiz, like out of all these guys, which ones do you think were irresistible to me? <laughs> yeah, you, you asked that question. Yeah, because I don't believe in kiss and tell anyway. You know, I, it's just tacky. I would think Elvis would have been irresistible to you. Ah, uh, you know. Um, and Dean Martin too, because I think Dean Martin would have been so fun. He, well, they were all interesting in their own ways, but uh, actually those, those two guys um, love, uh -huh. but not, uh, no. That was not the one, okay. <laughs> not the whole, you know, okay. the whole nine, not the whole enchilada. <laughs> enchilada. Okay, so tell us who this is about. He's like a heat-seeking missile, a smoking hot romantic. A heat-seeking missile, who were you talking about there? I was talking about Richard Burton, Richard Burton. Yeah, who I did a, a, a movie with in Budapest. And he was just so charismatic. He was just really something. A heat-seeking missile. Uh-huh. I love that. Okay, you say this one. He was like high-octane energy set on idol. Who was that? That would have been Elvis. Elvis. Yeah. High-octane oh, energy. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, idol. he had all this stuff, you know, in him. He was like charged up. But then he had, it was all contained in this cool demeanor, you know? Okay, so I'm gonna just ask, did Elvis ever seduce you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, actually Elvis never seduced me. Did he ever try? Uh, well, he invited me someplace that I decided not to go. Mm. No, because, you know, I just didn't want to be another notch in his gun, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me this. You write on page 191 that sex is overrated and constantly hyped far beyond what it can deliver. If you're lucky, it occurs with some regularity, but it's not the whole enchilada. That's right. It's not the whole enchilada. No, no, I really think, I mean, sex is great, of course, but sex to me is an expression of the relationship and the feelings that you have for somebody else, the exchange, the nurturing, all of those elements. 
you know, sex is a beautiful thing. But I just think it's hype type, it's like, addiction to sex here in this country. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is, all for everything. when you are Raquel Welch, looking like you do, and looking like you certainly have in the past when you're at the height of your Raquel Elch-ism-ness. My Raquel-ness. Your Raquel-ness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, everybody thinks you're having sex all the time. Well, that's their problem. That's their problem. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, I'm not a prude, I'm really not. I just feel like, uh, people are looking, you need that chemistry, that's part of it. But it's one, it's one part, it's not the whole, it's not one the of whole the things, thing. One of the things you say now, and I think this is interesting, you say that we have become a society of sexhibitionists. Yeah. Sexhibitionists, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, everywhere I turn, uh, this is just me, but everywhere I turn, I see porno queens and pole dancers and, I mean, even little kids, you know, that I see, like, three, four, five-year-old kids, you know, and I've they've been got... been sexualized. Well, they got the big hair, and they got the little things in the midriff showing, and maybe a little, you know, thing sticking in the belly button, and going, what? You know, this is kind of crazy. We, we were, we're sort of programming this, um, this kind of an attitude towards life when it's really about developing your whole self. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a professional actress, so this is part of a role I play, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm good at it, uh, but it's not me as a person. Mm -hmm. And all the men that I have really fallen for are those men that have reacted to me and have made me feel like it's, I'm a person and it's not that they're going to bed with Raquel Welch. What kind of man would that be? Uh, you can sense that that person sees you and not just what you look like. You know, if I find that the rapport is there between us as people, and there isn't any, oh, she's that, you know, and people get a little tongue-tied mm. and they're over-impressed with it. Mm. I mean, I do understand, but after a couple of days, you know, right. uh, it, it, you have to, I mean, am I getting through to you? You, you know, want I'm somebody just, that sees and feels I'm just you. A, I'm just a human being, you mm -hmm. know. I, you know, put my high heels on one, you put a, you know. One shoe at a time. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you think that you are high maintenance? Oh, I am for work, but not the rest of the time. Not the rest of the no, time? No, So a man with you would have an easy time? You would, like, be easy, easy, easy <laughs> to get along with? Well, I don't know if I'm easy to get along with. <laughs> that might be so, a bit of a stretch. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have to say, you know, actresses are are self-centered, self-serving, and, and you have to be to get certain jobs done, but then uh -huh. you have to also know that when you're not doing a job that you're just yourself. But I, I mean, I, I'm usually just in, you know, sweatpants and some kind of raggedy shirt and my, uh, yeah, you know, how my raggedy. kids. Oh, pretty raggedy. Okay. Oh, you know, for a whole year, actually, uh, when I did this book, uh -huh. I just, you know, I went to pot. Was it cathartic for you, though, to go through? Oh, I mean, that? I loved it. Yeah. I really loved it, because what you said before was really key to me. But. I felt like when I came along in that poster, I was a thing to mm -hmm. be seen and not heard. Yes, yes. And, you know, by the time you get to 70, you might have a couple of things you'd like to say. What do you want to say to women about getting older? Um, I want them to stop being scared of it because it's just another chapter in life. I, I want to encourage them not to be discouraged and to, you know, really embrace it and go with it. And it's not time for you 
to give up. Don't keep comparing yourself. I mean, when I go to my workouts and I go to my yoga class, I can't do the same things I used to do. And it used to bother me. I thought, oh, I'll never, I can't even hardly. And then it got to me that, you know, if I'm consistent, I'm gonna build on just where I am now. And little by little, I was able to get better and better. Never ever would I be able to repeat what I did before because I'm not 19, I'm not 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, I'm 69, almost 70. But owning it, this is the quote I was looking for. Think of aging gracefully as a game. We might as well make up our minds to play it or just bow out and be spectators. There's nothing wrong with the latter. It's a valid choice. If you don't mind hardening of the arteries, <laughs> osteoporosis, arthritis, and senility, uh, in other words, sitting around doing nothing is far from the best option. Just as you maintain your home, your car, your garden, you should look after your greatest gift, your body. I love that. <laughs> Raquel has two children, Tawny and Damon, and you're very honest in the book about your failings as a mother. Um, you say, my children, I've had some long tear-soaked sessions. There was a lot of troubled water. There are moments when I've apologized for my shortcomings, begged for forgiveness. When, you know, when I'm running around the world and being this sex symbol and uh, having this big, you know, career in, in film and everything, you know, I'm running from place to place to place to place. And I couldn't always be with my children when I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I would have governesses, of course, and tutors and this and that, but that's not the same. Yes. And, you know, eventually I could see uh, that, you know, this was taking its toll on my kids, and it used to just break my heart. Now, this is the question. Even when you were there, were you there, or were you really someplace else in your Raquelness? Because even when you were there at home, uh -huh. were you there for them? Were you present? Were you fully engaged with them, or was the Raquelness of your life so big? I think I was often preoccupied. That's what I, I mean. mean, I could. You know, I felt loving towards them, and I would, you know, tuck them in. But it wasn't, it wasn't the same as being there for them as a mother 24-7, yeah. you know. In the book, your daughter Tawny talks about how you would occasionally sign cards mm -hmm. and that sometimes you would put Raquel and not mom. Hmm, doesn't that sound awful? <laughs> <I> mean, <Yes. laughs> you know, I, I sign a lot of autographs yeah. and I just get used to doing oh, Raquel, Raquel, Raquel. And I have an automatic thing, you know. And then if I was in a hurry, I would sign, you know, something and, you know, oh, you know. How is your relationship with your children now? Because I'm sure they missed you as well, a mother. You know, you know, no fault of my own, but they, they're both great, great kids. They're people of character. They're, they're wonderful. Everybody that knows them loves them because they're just decent human beings. They're fun, they're smart. How were you able to mend those fences? I just started out realizing that I really needed to swim out to the wave. I needed to take a lot more initiative mm -hmm. and just keep letting them know that I wanted to be there in their lives with them, that I had something I could offer to them. And little by little, you know, the disappointment or the lack of confidence they had in me mm -hmm. in that area, you because know, did, did, melted away. Because well, I, I read of a, of a time where Tawny, I think, was in a private school, and you went to school 
as Raquel Welch and all your Raquelness. I was just dressed like a young woman. Mm -hmm. You know, I had like tight jeans on and hip boots. <laughs> and, 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 and it you know, didn't go over for, so well, for right? For the parent-teacher meeting, you know. Yeah, for the parent-teacher meeting. <laughs> and yeah. so then did you stop going to the parent-teacher meetings? No, or did I you just try to realized, hello, you know, reality check. You know, you're not just doing your thing. You know, you now have to change gears because right. it's not all the same. It's not all the it's same. It's not all the same. It's, it's, uh, this is, you know, you're representing their mother. And so that's a completely different thing than you're used to. We were just talking about Hallie and Beyonce and mm -hmm. J-Lo, and you were saying those women have something more than just their bodies and their faces. Yeah, exactly. There's a spirit and a... Yeah. Well, there, a joy. There, there's, there's a joy and there's a femininity and a kind of warmth and some kind of, of, of heat that comes from them in a nice way. Yeah, You yeah. know, I like to think that I'm not just, wasn't celebrated just because I looked a certain way, because the world is full of good-looking girls. Yeah. But it's because of something else yeah. here in the heart and soul and mind that comes together and makes it you know, makes you you. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes so. you approachable enough that people feel the heat. Her book <laughs> is called Raquel, Beyond the Cleavage. And I thanks to all the brilliantly aging women. Bye, everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. <laughs>